Canine Cast number 57. It's brought to you by Home Again Pet Recovery Service and ID Microchips. On the web at homeagainpets.com. It's the Canine Cast with Tara and Walter. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Canine Cast. This is Tara. And hello, everyone. This is Walter with your Canine Cast recap. In case you missed the last Canine Cast, Canine Cast number 56. We had tips for digging dogs, jumping dogs, and dogs who pull on leashes. Plus, we had information on dog pheromones that can calm dogs, and we had news on a war dog memorial. Thanks, Walter. Today on the Canine Cast, we're going to be talking a little bit about laughing dogs. We have some listener questions as well, one about a dog bringing food and toys to its people, a question about a, about a website that we had gone over in an earlier Canine Cast. They're just going to spotlight a little bit again. And then also another question about having two alpha people in one household. So to get started... We're going to uh, talk a little bit about laughing dogs. Now, for anybody who hasn't heard about this, a couple of months ago, there was um, there was this report that came out about um, dogs making this sound called laughing, and I, and actually we had missed it, but one of our listeners, Kate, saw this, and so she wrote into us about it. Kate writes. In case this is news to you, there was a fair amount of coverage of a researcher who discovered that dogs laugh and that the laughing sound calms other dogs down. The original article is here, and and she sent us a link to the original article that she had seen. We'll have that for you in the Enhanced Podcast and also in the show notes so that you all can check out the article if you'd like. Then she writes, Then I saw a feature about it from Jeannie Moos on CNN. She went out to a dog run in New York City and asked dog owners if they believed their dogs laughed. There were some great comments, like, my dog laughs at me all the time. But the funniest part was when Jeannie tried to get some guy's dog to laugh by telling a joke. Here's the joke she told. Two dogs are walking down the street, and they see a parking meter. So one dog says to the other dog, hey, look, pay toilets. The dog didn't look like he thought that was very funny. Anyway, I ordered the CD, and it finally came after a bit of delay in customs, because how could they charge a handling fee if they did not, in fact, handle it for a while? The CD is 45 minutes of a laughing dog and a little bit of information on the label about laughing dogs. I put it on, called Sandy into the room, and waited to see what would happen. Sandy spent the first few minutes looking for the dog, and the next few minutes with her ears in an alert state, so I guess she was wondering what was so darn funny. Then she just lay down in a sunny corner of the room, quietly. She's not sleeping, just lying there quietly. So I'd have to say it passes the first test, because that's not something we usually see her do. The next test will be to see if this will calm her down when she's agitated. I'm sure it won't be very long before we have a meter reader or a cat in the area. If this works, I'm getting Sandy an MP3 player and some headphones for the walk on Sunday. Hey, if this works, I want a nice calming recording of something for me. Then Kate sent us a link to the Laughing Dog website, which we will share with you all as well. So thank you so much, Kate, for sending that in. Yes, and uh, of course, if you get an MP3 player for your dog, don't forget to load it up with the canine cast. <laughs> right, right. We'd have to see how Sandy reacts to that one. Um, but this is a, this is a really a really neat phenomenon. Um, what what I liked, I, I read through the article, and what they brought up was that the researcher had actually used this um, this laughing dog sound in a shelter, and um, by playing it in the shelter, the dogs would all calm down. 
Now, for any of you who have been in shelters, in a, in a lot of them, it can get rather loud, especially when people are going in and out because the dogs get excited and they bark. And so, of course, one of the things that people who work at shelters are constantly doing is trying to figure out how to tone down the noise a little bit for, first of all, the good of the dog so it doesn't stress them out, but also for people coming in and out. And so the researcher had actually used this in order to calm the dogs down. And they said that it got quiet enough in the kennels with her in there playing this sound that she could just talk um, at a normal level, which is which very, very impressive. So I think that's that's absolutely great. And I, Kate, I would love to hear you know what continues to go on as you use this with Sandy, because if that works for her, then I think it would be great for us to get it. And then when our upstairs neighbor is being loud and running around, maybe we can use it with our dogs to get them to calm down a little bit. So thanks so much for sharing that with us and with our listeners. Um, now, in the last canine cast, we had talked about um, calming uh, different things to calm down dogs. And we talked about dogs with, you know, anxiety and in different situations. So this is one thing that might be very helpful for you, for use in situations with dogs that are anxious in cars or thunderstorms or fireworks and so on. Of course, there's, you know, 101 situations out there where a dog could be anxious. But if this will calm down dogs, then that would be great because this is something that can be used for so many of those things. So, um, so like I said, we'll have the links for you so that you can go check it out and take a look and see, see what this is. Now, next, we have a question from a listener. And the question is about, the do- about their dog bringing toys and food to them. This is from Connie. And she writes in, We have a three-and-a-half-year-old American Eskimo named Nikki. She is a fairly typical good pesky, <laughs> I like that, well-socialized, friendly, and very intelligent. She frequently brings toys to my husband and sometimes to me. This we interpret as she wants to play. She has started bringing pieces of her food to my husband, not to me, and we are uncertain as how to interpret this action. What do you think? Well, Connie... With, with just that little bit of information, I can't be entirely certain how to interpret it as well. As well. But um, just to throw some ideas out there, um, it's interesting that you talk about her bringing the toys to the both of you as well, um, because a lot of dogs will do that when they want to play. But also, that can, that can be kind of a little bit of a show of dominance. A, lo- a, lot, of, um, a lot of trainers and behaviorists will say, that it's a good idea for rather than allowing the dog to say initiate play that if a dog brings a toy to you that you just kind of ignore it and then at some later point you go get a toy in order to start playing with the dog Um, and that that's a way that you can control playing now bringing the food may be a very similar sort of thing in wolf packs in the wild food is normally brought to mothers that are nursing and also to puppies but in addition to that, a lot of times the wolves will actually kind of show pack order by by such things as putting, you know, their their saliva or or getting in their mouth food for another dog that's underneath them. So what'll what'll happen is if a dog is if a dog is lower on the totem pole, then the the dog that's lower on the totem pole will go ahead and eat it, even though it already has the you know saliva of the of the higher dog on it. However, it does not work in reverse. A dog that's higher on the totem pole won't eat food that's already been, you know, touched by a dog that's on that's lower on the totem pole. So um, that's that's kind of how it goes on in the wolf pack. I haven't 
heard too much about this actually happening with domestic dogs. So um, that's why I'm trying to relate it to wolves in the wild and what they would do. So it would seem to me that it could be that with her bringing food to you guys, that could be another kind of a little bit of a dominance play. Now, um, I would have to, I, I would of course have to know a little bit more about your, your relationship with her in order to, you know, in order to kind of, um, you know, support that hypothesis or, or not. But what I would recommend that you do is um, just in, you know, just in case it is kind of a, a dominance thing, if she brings her food to you, just kind of ignore it as, you know, as best you can and see what she does. If she then, you know, decides after a little while, okay, I'm going to eat it, then, you know, allow her to eat it. Don't, don't allow her to kind of to put it in your lap or anything like that. If she does that, just, I would say, just kind of brush it off onto the floor or whatever. And other than that, ignore it. Now, depending on whether or not she decides to eat it, it could end up being that you then have little pieces of dog food all over the place. If that happens, then wait until there's a time where she's kind of out of the room, not paying attention to what you're doing. Go ahead and take that time to clean it up and just kind of get it out of the way. But I would, but I would recommend don't, you know, don't pick it up in front of her or anything like that because that would be, you know, again, if this is a dominance thing, that would be accepting the submissive type of position. So, um, so that's basically what I would, what I would recommend you do about that. That's the best guess I can give you as as to what she's doing with that. Um, it could, you know, it could be any number of things, but you know, pro- probably it's just, you know. Okay, well, let, let me see if they'll let me get away with this. If I bring them the food, what will they do? And, uh, you know, dogs dogs are great at that, even, even ones that are so, so well-behaved will kind of, you know, try different things to see what they can get away with. And it's really interesting because sometimes they think they're pulling a fast one, and, you know, to us it's something that's neither here nor there. But thank you for writing in with that question. It was a very interesting one that I haven't come across before. So I really enjoyed kind of thinking that through and looking it up to see what, you know, different possibilities would be. Um, now, as I mentioned before, we have another question that goes, that goes back to an earlier um, canine cast. Actually, way, way back in, um, in show number nine, we had talked about breed bands. And so Amy wrote in asking for a link to a, a web page that we had talked about. And actually, I'll just read what she writes. She writes to us, in show number nine, you talked about breed bands and how you found a site with pictures of dogs, and you had to choose which ones were actually pit bulls. Do you remember what website that was? Um, she says, I want to write my le- state legislature about breed bands, and I thought back to the show where you talked about them. I would like to include that link in my email. Now, um, for, for Amy and for all of you, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that she wrote in about this because this this site um i just you know i think it's so cool i found it i don't know some some years back and and what it what it is it's kind of exactly what she describes there's there's all, pictures of all different types of dogs and one of them is a pit bull and you go through and you try to figure out which one it is and there and there are a number that look like they really could be i remember when i when i first did it i actually i did pick the one that was the pit bull but um, there were there were like four or five contenders that I was looking at and saying eh, it might be I'm not sure, so it's it's a, it's a really neat site but the but it's also a great illustration of how um, you know a lot a lot of these breed bands they'll basically say any dog that is such and such a breed or looks like such and such a breed. Well, when you when you start doing that, it could be you know any type of dog, and as this site points out, there are many different types of dogs that could easily look like you know pit bulls and 
one um, you know in, at one angle or another, um, and just just kind of, just kind of helps to show why you know banning the breed isn't going you know isn't going to solve the problem. Um, but to get down to the actual link, so that you can all go check it out if you would like. If you if you go to our um, Canine Cast site and you actually go to show number nine, and the way you can do that is by searching the library at the top of the page or by scrolling through so that you find Canine Cast number nine, you'll find the description of the show from from um, that episode. Now, what we do with our links is we don't actually type the link out. We just say kind of um, what the topic was in the show, and you'll see the ones that are linked because they'll be in green. And the actual one, that, what this one actually says is it says, see if you can identify the pit bull. If you click on that, it'll take you to the site. Though, for convenience purposes, we will link again to it in this show. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we'll have, we'll have it there as well. So you'll have two places to see it. Yeah, so we just wanted to share that with you guys, again, because it is, it is a really neat site. Um, it's a topic that, you know, a lot of people, you know, in different places all over may find themselves, you know, up against looking at, you know, possible breed bans in their area. So we think it's a very valuable tool to have at your disposal. Um, and what you can do is just go ahead and click on, click on where it says that, you know, on where it says, you know, see if you can find the pit bull. It'll take you to that page, and then you can just copy the link from there. Um, you know, if you're, um, in Amy's case, going to send it in an email or for, you know, anybody else who wants to send that out for their purposes. It's, um, you know, it's not my site. It's a site I found, but it's, but it's great. And that site has a lot of information on pit bulls for anybody who is interested in it or, again, who wants that information because you're, you know, having to face a breed ban in your area. So thank you very much, Amy, for writing us about that and giving us a chance to bring that up once again, you know. Plus, check it out just because it's kind of a fun game. All right. And next, we have a question about a multi-alpha household. This question comes from Brad. And he, he actually wrote in um, and had two questions for us. But the, the, the other one that he had is one that I really want to be able to devote quite a bit of time to. So we're going to get to that another time. Um, but for, for the question about the uh, multi-alpha household... Brad writes, We have two dogs, Rusty and Henry. Rusty's a three-year-old lab pit Rhodesian mix, and she's a feisty wannabe alpha dog who we rescued. Henry, a border collie lab mix, is about two and a half, also a rescue and pretty mellow. It's pretty clear that in our household I am the alpha pack leader and my wife is second in command. My wife's question is, can there be two alphas in one house? This is really an important matter to us, especially because we can, when we walk the dogs, they pay attention to me regardless of who is holding their leash, and when we play or do training, the dogs tend to pay attention only to me and my commands. Also, when I am away for business, and my wife is left having to play the strong leader, it seems that the dogs know they can get away with more with her. Do you have any advice on how to establish two human alpha positions effectively? Thanks for writing in about this, Brad. Actually, what the situation that you describe here sounds kind of similar to what Walter and I have in our house, except I'd say probably reversed. Um, te- technically, to whether or not there can be two alphas, well, you know, if you if you compare the uh, the house to the wolf pack, technically there are two alphas in a wolf pack. There's an alpha male and an alpha female. Um, they just, but they do have kind of kind of different roles. With the alpha male being somewhat more of the of the leader figurehead type of wolf uh and the alpha female being the one that bears the puppies but 
that, you know, since, since neither of you, I'm sure are planning on bearing puppies, um, that, that doesn't really, that doesn't really have anything to do with, with it. Um, that's why I was saying just, um, technically now, so far as there being, you know, with people, two alphas in one house, um, uh, what, what I would like to, to, you know, to say regarding that is it's not so much a question of alpha dog versus, you know, your dogs in your house. What's important is that there, there's a pack hierarchy and most, and most people think of alpha dogs and then kind of the other dogs. But in, in the wolf pack, there's actually quite a number of levels of, in, in the hierarchy, there's alpha and the beta and the omega. And then even within that, there are, you know, different dogs that, that are at different levels and have different jobs. So basically what you really want to look for is that within your home, that all of the people, um, you know, you, and you, your wife, anybody else that lives there, that they are just higher on the hierarchy than the, than the dogs. So even if you are, say, you know, at the alpha level and your wife was, you know, in the dog's eyes a step below that, that's fine. So long, so long as the dogs are below her in the pecking order, essentially. Now, um, with that, with that said, we talked, we talked about in canine cast number 44, essentially, you know, establishing two, you know, kind of two alpha positions or two, um, you know, two people who are higher on the pecking order. And to some extent in most every household, just because people are different, chances are one person is going to be, you know, take on the position of being more the leader and then the the other person will probably take on the position of being second in command. That's just you know, normally how it works. But that doesn't mean that they won't learn to listen to your wife as well. What I what I suggest that you that you do is it sounds like the dogs listen to you pretty well as it is. So what I what I would do is work with your wife so that she kind of adopts the you know the same training habits and mannerisms and such that you use with the dogs now i mean technically training doesn't transfer exactly from one person to another in the dog's eyes in other words you know one person teaching the dog sit does not mean that when somebody else says it the dog's going to sit the same way in the same amount of time so on and so forth but by the two of you working together on it the dogs will learn that your wife saying sit is the same thing as you saying sit or, you know, your, your wife saying heel is the same as you saying heel or your wife taking them for a walk is the same as you taking them for a walk and so on. So that's, so that's what I would suggest that you do. Um, but also it's going, it's going to take, um, you know, some, it's going to take some work on your wife's part. And actually once, once you guys have worked on this together and then working with the dogs on her own, without you there, but still using the same, you know, commands, mannerisms, and so on. In addition, it's going to be consistency. Now, you mentioned that the dogs seem to think that they can get away with more with her now. So it'll be a little bit of an uphill battle, but it's, it's definitely doable. She'll just have to be a little bit more, um, a little bit more strict, a little bit more consistent with the rules than, you know, then maybe even you would have to be because the dogs already know that, you know, they can't, you know, they know what they can and cannot get away with, with um, you. And they think that they can get away with more with your wife. So we're just going to, going to, you know, sit down with your wife, talk about, you know, the different, the different things that the dog should or should not be getting away with, and then just apply it consistently. 
Um, you know, if the dogs learn that it doesn't matter whether it's you or your wife, in both cases, they're not going to be allowed to say, get on the couch, for example, then, you know, it may take some time, but after a while they would, you know, if she, if she, um, you know, when they get on the couch, if she tells them off and has them, you know, stay off the couch just as much, then after a while they'll learn that it applies to, you know, to her as well. So that's, so that's what I would recommend is just, you know, a lot of working together at the beginning, your wife working with them individually and, you know, and just being very, very consistent with it. But it's, it's definitely doable to some extent. There will probably be a little bit of a difference in the dog's reactions to the both of you, um, just because of your different personalities. But if you make the conscious effort, then you can bring that a lot closer together so that they're very well behaved for you both. So thanks for writing in about that. Um, it's it's always an interesting dynamic. I mean, well, it's interesting enough when you have one person in there, you know, and one dog. But then when you start adding in other dogs, other people, other, you know, extended pack members, so on and so forth, it, it always gets to be really interesting to see, you know, where everybody falls and how different personalities, um, both, both the part of the people and the dogs kind of fall into sync there. So with that, I think we've, we've covered a lot during this show. So we're going to take a break real quick for a message from our sponsor. As a bloodhound, I have a pretty good sense of smell. Right now, I can smell a seven-ounce filet with hollandaise sauce about four miles from here. Mmm, I love filet. I think I'll go see if they have any left over. You don't think your dog will run away? Your dog might think differently. One in three pets will get lost. Without ID, 90% won't return home. That's why vets recommend the Home Again Microchip, a safe, permanent ID that can bring your pet home. Talk to your vet about Home Again and visit homeagainpets.com. And thanks to our sponsor, Home Again. And now it's time for listener pictures. Our first picture came in from Brad, who sent along a picture of Henry and Rusty to go along with his question that he sent in. And you can see a picture of them sitting very nicely in the listener's picture gallery. And next up, we have a picture of Tokyo sent in from Paula. And Tokyo is all dressed up for Valentine's Day. She's wearing her Valentine's Day sweater. Thanks for sending in those pictures. They're so they're so cute. And uh, since Valentine's Day is coming up, we're excited to, to get one that uh, it's all ready for those festivities, too. And during the break, we found a clip of a dog laughing. It's just a one-second clip, but it might give you an idea of the sound that Kate was talking about. So we'll go ahead and play it. It's real short. And we'll just play it one more time. And there you go. In, in the article, they talked about it sounding a little bit like panting. And yeah, they say that's about what it sounds like to me. Um, so it's not, it's not what I would have called a laugh or, or thought of as a laugh, but that's kind of neat. So now I'll be listening to see when I hear our dogs do that and know that they're in the middle of calming each other down. So thanks so much for joining us for another canine cast. As always, we've had a great time with the show and look forward to hearing back from you all with your stories, your questions, your feedback, and getting more listener pictures, of course. We always enjoy seeing those and getting to share them with everybody. So thanks once again for listening, and until next time, if you haven't already, please remember to spay or neuter your dog. That's the best thing that you can do for your furry friend. If you have a question for Tara or a comment about CanineCast, please send an email to caninecast at gmail.com, or you can leave a voicemail at 206-338-DOGS, and you can leave a comment on our website, 
at caninecast.com.